0: Hi, this is Mario Andre, Mark, Mark Blundell. Mark Priestley. Claire Cottingham. Ben Edwards. Jamie Chadwick. Mark Gallagher. Freddie Hunt. Bobby Eaton. Craig Scarborough. Alex Brundle. You're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... Everything F1... Everything F1... Everything F1...
1: Everything F1 podcast...
0: Driven... Driven... Driven. Driven by fans... For fans... You're not waking me up. Who <laughs> one of you is supposed to wake me up? Okay, that's not going to be a great start to the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller.
2: <laughs>
0: we are the Everything F1 team. We're going to go down and run down the ins and outs of the Miami Grand Prix with me, James Tiller. Alongside me today, the people that let me down in that attempt at a funny intro was Coops? thanks Coops. How are you?
2: Yeah, absolutely
0: fabulous. Yeah, 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 you put me on the spot, that's fine. We've also got alongside us today, JR, a familiar face from Fandom. How are you, JR? I am doing okay, happy to be here, thank you. We had to get an American on for an American race, didn't we really? I would hope so, anything less would be uncivilized. Absolutely. We've got a brand spanking newbie to the podcast too, in Megan, hi Megan, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you very much. Let down by all three of you, so I might just boot you all <laughs> off in a second. But no, okay. Uh, so we're here to review the Miami Grand Prix, and it was what I was alluding to in my what I thought was quite funny intro into the podcast. A bit boring. Send me a bit to sleep, if I'm honest. Can do we agree? Let's go to let's go to Megan as the newbie. What were your f- initial thoughts on the Miami Grand Prix?
1: Can't say I was the most impressed by it. It's quite, as I've said a few times already, it's quite a media weekend, so it's quite like as I've seen like all over TikTok, it's just the influencers and everything paying to go. So I can't say I was too thrilled by the actual race. The most interesting bit was probably qualifying yesterday. So
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, qualifying kind of led us to believe that it may throw up something a bit interesting, didn't it, JR? But unfortunately, it did end in a bit of a damp squib. What what were your initial thoughts on the race itself?
3: For the the Grand Prix being in my backyard, so to speak, I was very let down, not just by my team, but by the race in general. And I I think it was a good indicator of how the race was going to go from the onset before anybody was even on track and they did that cringeworthy opening driver announcements and i'll just leave that there for
0: now but uh, yeah <laughs> was that ve- was very, uh, very very american wasn't it Let, let's say that i know you're you're american i'm not am not in trying to insult you no there's the certain things that you do as americans that we in england would never never even attempt or, or, or the whole of great britain really <laughs>
3: I would I be the first to admit to you that that was an incredibly uh, over the top and boisterous and completely unnecessary. I mean, <laughs> and, and so, I mean, you could you could hear the response from the crowd. There was no response like mm. a- a- everybody's just like, what are we what are we doing?
0: so yeah leave it to us i don't even think will i am or ll cool j even knew what they were doing at at various points i think they're looking at the cards is it his turn yet no is it my turn right Uh, anyway in the in the left corner we've Uh... got coops Hiya, coops what were your initial thoughts on the race this weekend
4: it was all right in terms of like like we've got 23 races a year so we're not going to have classics we're going to have a couple of stinkers There's a lot less chance of having that now. The French Grand Prix's not in the calendar. (laughs) Uh, It kind of hit on a kind of five and six. It was a bit, that was all right. It's like a cup of tea when you come home, you know, a cup of coffee, it's fine. It does the job. It's not, oh my God, this is a great cup of coffee. But it wasn't
2: a crap cup of coffee. It was just, yeah, okay,
0: Nice coffee analogy there. I don't know how to follow that up, if I'm honest. But we we, we were kind of promised from qualifying quite a mm. an intriguing start that nothing nothing happened at the start. They all kept very tidy. They all kept in line. They, they they didn't really kind of stumble over each other. We had that little ton of touch touch towards the rear. Who was who was it? who was it? The touch. It was Davison
4: Norris. De v- yeah, yeah,
0: there you go. De Vries drove into the back of Lando. But then, yeah. that then that was that was it really. They kind of f- fell into line and, and kind of just raced away. Well, um, just to
4: put, put the analogy into this, there was no rel- there was no safety car, no yellow flag, no retirements, uh, no virtual safety car, no red flag, no rain. Uh, yeah, the cars finished. Apparently, Virtual Spiderman tweeted just before I came on to say that, from the best of his knowledge, it's the first time that that's ever happened.
2: Wow. Well, so there you go.
4: You know, on paper, you're looking good. That is a bit gordon. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, there are a couple of things
0: for us to talk about, aren't there? Yes, there's <laughs> enough for us to talk about. <laughs> there are certainly some things for us to highlight and go over again. But before we do that, we are obviously Everything F1, and you can find us on all our social platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We are also on our shiny website, which is at www.everythingf1.com. And of course, you're listening to us on this podcast streaming service now, So if you hit the subscribe on that service, on that subscription service, by all means, get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. Okay, so let's talk about it. We can't really go too far into this podcast without talking about the Max Verstappen win. Now, it was looking like it might be a bit difficult towards the start of the race, but Megan, it turned out fairly simple for him, really. It was just about managing those tyres and making sure he had, you know... ties at the right time, I guess.
2: Yeah,
1: definitely. Well, I think was it a P9 to P two in the first ten laps? Yeah. So it was for him it was a walk in the park, I'd say. you know floated pass he got a double overtake as well at the start there. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say that that was actually a really, really impressive overtake. He kind of held himself yeah. back until just the right right moment to pounce and and then overtook two and once.
1: They were just going at each other and he just kind of seen the opportunity went straight through. So worked out in his favor. <laughs>
0: absolutely yeah then battling kind of just left left the perfect opening for him but yeah it, that was a bit of good racing it, he was managing his tires all the way to the end he was actually putting some really decent laps in because he started obviously on the the hard tire where Sergio Perez started on the medium so he had a completely different race strategy to Sergio Perez but you know he, he held on those tires for a long time he was still putting in decent times all, of, all the way until the end until there's like you know, 15 laps to go, where he pitted for for the mediums. Uh, dominant display, Jr. from Max Verstappen. Oh yeah, hands
3: down. Yeah, it was especially that pass that <clears throat> you mentioned. I mean, that was just it was effortless. I was, you know, if you're a fan like me, you know, you yell into the TV screen, thinking that it's going to make some type of a difference, and that they may, on the off chance, hear you yelling at them. But <laughs> you know, when they they came out of the final corner, and I was like, Max is breaking to the right. He's going to the right, and <laughs> <laughs> Gone. So yeah, it was it was a walk in the park for him. It was effortless, of course. But that still was a great pass.
0: You know, it really was. Yeah, it was, absolutely. Yep. And Sergio Perez Coops. What you what can you say about him? Is he gonna be going home and crying into his cerveza? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Please don't say that again.
0: Cerveza. <laughs> uh, no,
4: I, I don't think he's going to be completely gutted by it, I think. He's going to have to go away and wonder how Verstappen was a lot better than him. I've just read a tweet there and actually just as he spoke to me, it disappeared. But he's basically quoted as saying that Verstappen's performance was just unreachable for him. Other days and elsewhere, he'll be stronger than Verstappen. I don't think it'll be enough to put a proper concrete challenge in for him, but uh, the championship. But uh, Max just was in a different level. You know, he just managed his tyres when he got up to first place. Managed his tyres just enough, just to keep him in striking distance. And then, was it a lap after he came out of the pits, he passed them, and by the time he crossed the line, he was five seconds ahead. He was a second and a half ahead within the lap of passing them. So
2: yeah, I don't,
4: I, I don't think anybody really had an answer for Verstappen, and the only way Perez was going to win it is if Verstappen tripped up, maybe lost a wing or get flung out wide or something, lost a few places at the start, but what's happening is doing, or Max keeps saying what's that Max is a lot more mature as a racer now, he knows mm-hmm. it's a longer game, he knows he has the car, so instead of diving down the inside in lap one, he's like, okay, I'll give you till lap four, <laughs> and then I'm <laughs> passing you on. Uh, so, yeah, sometimes you come to a situation you do every night, it's still not good enough. So,
2: mm.
4: you know, he got second, he's close by. We'll see what happens in the next race.
0: I mean, it's a shame because had he have won this race, he would have gone into the next race as the championship leader. And we haven't had a Mexican championship leader for many years. I think it was 30, 40 years.
4: Yeah, mid-80s, yeah. I think. Rodriguez, I think his name is. I need to Google.
0: You need to Google. But yeah, it, it's been a long, long old while anyway. And, and I th- I'm sure that would kind of, you know, would would have given him Certainly, the impetus to keep going and trying, trying harder and harder and harder. Let's hope it doesn't kind of put him off. How, how dominant Max was today, I and mean, he does still fight for the rest of the season. I, I, I think he will. Let's talk about Fernando Alonso, who yet again this season has got a, a third place podium. What an absolutely fantastic display from Alonso this weekend! Obviously, he he qualified well, which obviously helps in this on this circuit anyway, Megan. But he he's doing what. Fernando Alonso does and, and getting the best out of that car.
1: Yeah, I definitely think he's I think that when he got his podium at the start of the season it also kind of gave him that push. He's kinda of like, look, I've got the car now, you can push forward, we can do this. So I mm. think today was just another reminder of like how well he's still actually going in that car and he's still got really good control and he can push in it. It doesn't really matter who he's up against. Because he did take a good goal at trying with those Red Bulls today, but it didn't quite work out in his favour, obviously. Mm. But still P three, he really pushed for it. So
0: did yeah, well well deserved and again he's showing how he can he's the king of multitasking he's not an, not a real man i don't think because i can't multitask to save my life but he was <laughs> watching the race on the <laughs> on, on the on the screens as he was racing around at 200 mile an hour but that's just just insane to me you know Watching oh what what's happening with stroll what's what, what position is it and that's just that's just a talent that is that's a, a skill that I, I certainly wouldn't be able to have now, next, next in line then we can't have a Ferrari fan on without talking about Ferrari. So we may as well go to JR himself, the Ferrari, the biggest Ferrari fan in the world. Yeah. Summarize your team's race weekend, if you can.
3: Uh, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll try to make this as, as tactical as possible. It wasn't a good showing or start for science, or especially Leclerc. Obviously, you knew I was going to come to that. Uh, mm-hmm. Going out in FP2, and then backing back ending the car and qualifying enough to the where they put on an older gearbox into the car for the Grand Prix today is a huge letdown. <clears throat> I know not being a McLaren fan, I'm sure McLaren fans are like, you don't know what letdown is, okay? but like <laughs> uh, you know, I see coops over there, Thank you. But yeah, it, 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 it is it is a massive letdown because you know you get you get your hopes up last year. I honestly believe that Leclerc has a better car this year, along with the changes that they've made in the pits and the strategy team, and having a new team principal. I I, I still think he has, and science does too, a better chance to keep up with the Red Bulls and so on. But not not performing like this, in my right. opinion. The mistakes he made today and during qualifying. Uh, were rookie mistakes he was the first one to say in post-race interviews that they've got such a small margin of error for what they can do with the car and if if it strays just the tiniest little bit then all their performance goes out the window if it's under steer if it's not that it's over steer so they've got they've got a lot of stuff to figure out about the car i think i i I don't remember exactly when i don't want to say the wrong thing i think they have up Grades coming. I'm not sure what Grand Prix they're going to get that or prior to, but yeah, the the long and short of it today was, it was a massive letdown. I I knew mm. Science was in P3. I was hoping he was going to stay there and get a podium for us. And the the you know the, the Red say, are just.
0: Yeah, another mistake from Signs as well, obviously speeding in the pit lane, which yep. g- gave him that kind of five-second penalty that they would have always had to consider. Luckily, they didn't lose another position to to Hamilton in, in sixth, so he kept a fifth position for, for Ferrari, obviously getting as many points as he could. But I think it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to lose third and fourth to Alonso and Russell, as they were like that.
3: Uh, I was worried about that too because i I was like please just hold hold <laughs> hold hold them at bay I'm like you've got you're you're right there but as soon as you know Alonzo and the Red Bulls are come charging up I'm like that's it I mean we we just we just don't have the car right now it's just not
2: happening
0: mm. yeah i I said in the group chat actually that i I think but he's got enough laps to stay in front, to even given the five seconds penalty. When we were chatting, anyway. So, that I mean, fifth and seventh for Ferrari—not what they wanted, not what they would have expected coming into Miami. No, but yeah, what what can be said? Coops, have you got anything to add about Ferrari?
2: Leclerc just keeps
4: tarnishing his reputation with stupid, stupid errors. Mm. He did it last year. Think is it, it France last year? Where he had the opportunity to keep the pace around Verstappen, and the next thing he's faced first in a barrier.
2: Yeah. And then
4: yeah. he did it twice. He did it twice yesterday. And like when you see Charles Leclerc do that, what it shows is you can't outdrive a Formula One car. Because the minute you outdrive a Formula One car, you're in the barrier. Yeah. It, it, it's going to come to the point where you go into the barrier on a crucial moment. You're going to be called. You've just done a Charles Leclerc. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's all he's doing at the minute. And it's a shame because he does have the talent that he's been in Formula One for long enough now that he should not be doing that.
0: Do you think the pressures may be getting to him? Obviously, it's the pressure not, of, of not, not having a performing car, not kind of well, being no, where he wants to be in the championship.
4: He had the car last year and he still did it.
2: Unforced
4: mm. in front, nailed out for the one. Uh, yeah. It's all she wrote. So no, it's the problem, and that this is the thing. When you've got people like Hamilton or Stafford now, who's building his legacy, Alonso, arguably, and every other great that you saw over the years, they just knew how to drive the car. They knew exactly where that limit was, they knew where to push it, they knew what to do. The problem LeClaire has is he doesn't know where that limit is. Mm. And he just pushes it too far. And by the time he realises, oh, no, I went too far, he's doing a pirouette and heading towards the barrier. And it's those wee, tiny, tiny, wee things that stop you from being the greatest to being a good driver. And unfortunately, the more he does what he does and what we've seen at the weekend, he's fallen back to being a good driver. He's in that kind of, he's almost fallen down to where I think Perez is. He's not a championship winning driver, Perez, but he's a good driver he's not going to win multiple championships, especially if he appeared with but even if he wasn't paired with Verstappen, he's not going to win two or three championships. Mm. He's going to do the thing that Jensen Bunn did and end up in a decent car at the right time and win your championship. Yeah. You
2: know?
4: But Leclerc's falling back. He's not. He's going further back from being the person, the the, the, the group of drivers where you think you put him in the right car, he'll win a championship. Because at the minute, you put him in the right car, he's putting it on the wall. Mm so
3: it's almost like too there's some level of panic almost i get from i mean not to, you said it too i mean it's leclerc is so hard on himself like he is incredibly hard on himself but to go past all that it almost is like there's some level of he's panicking in the car like i, I watched that replay of when he went in backwards into the wall i watched it numerous times on one of my apps like his hands on the wheel i know i know they have to make quick adjustments but it was like when he was going through those sectors it said purple purple and i was like yes 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 he's going but then it's you see him really start to get into the car and it's almost like this wave of fear comes over him and you see him just really making these like just quick hard adjustments and then like Coop said he overdrove the car and into the wall he goes my biggest fear one of my biggest fears is is that especially with a team like ferrari i have no problem being honest about this and open about it if Leclerc does not start performing way more than what he's doing now Mm. he's gonna have to start filling out a resume I don't think that that conversation has been said recently but Mm. I know it's in the back of their heads like all right what are we doing with this guy because we hung a lot of our hopes not just Ferrari fans but the team themselves like Leclerc is going to breathe new life into our team and there's just been a few moments here and there, and it hasn't been consistent. And y'all know exactly what I'm talking about—consistency and performance. If you're not doing that, they're going to pull you into the booth and have it a little definitely conversation.
1: Definitely had a lot of faith in him at the start, but he's just—I think it's the pressure does get to him quite a bit. Which yeah. is then that's when you see him—he just doesn't quite control the car as well because then he realizes he's like, as you said, like the purple sectors. Then he kind of sees he's getting there, and he just doesn't quite he just gets the pressure and he just kind of cracks under it. Like, signs, it's not like the car isn't completely performing because he's still quite consistent with his results as it is. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, I hope he pulls pulls his finger out because I do like Charles Leclerc. I think he, he, I think he should be a, a world champion at some point, but the car's got to be there for him and his own ability has got to be there for him as well. Let's move yeah. on to the Mercedes then of, well, George Russell put in a good stint uh, today in the race, came in in fourth, obviously with that overtake, late overtake on Carlos Sainz. And then his teammate, Lewis Hamilton was in, oh, where is he on, the, on this list? Where was he? I can't mm-hmm. see him on this list.
2: That- was it not? Oh, it was there, fourth
0: and, fourth and sixth. Yeah, yeah there you go. I, I could just, I could see him now. I, 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 I was Six, yeah. Hamilton blind for a second. I couldn't see his name on the list.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah,
0: so fourth and sixth for Mercedes. Let's go back to Megan. What, what do you reckon, Megan, about Mercedes' performance? Obviously, Russell did really well. Hamilton, not so much. Just wasn't feeling the car this weekend.
1: Yeah, definitely. I feel like they're still, they're still pushing the car. They're still trying to get the best out of it obviously but like in the words of George Russell consistency is key so he's still pushing it he's trying to go with it but I don't know how well it's going because obviously like Red Bull and Verstappen, they've really got their like limit over everyone else at the minute Mm. so I think it's still at a push for like Ferrari and Mercedes like pushing back up to try and be racing with them in a sense but yeah
2: yeah,
0: Coops. What what can you add about Mercedes' weekend? It's the best that they would have hoped to
4: get.
0: They had a hey, funt- They in- had a fantastic free practice one where everyone was kind of shocked. Oh, first and second. Have they brought an upgrade that's helped them to the front? <laughs> and then free practice two came along, and free practice three came along, and the reality hit home. It was just a low fuel run, kind of late in the day. And as you say, they're, they're just just where they were expecting to be.
2: Uh, yeah,
4: I mean, 4th fifth, fifth and 5th, 5th and 6th, 4th and 6th, that's where Mercedes are, mm. that's it, you know, there's, there's, they, they got the car wrong a couple of years ago, and I think total Will said they're what, 12 to 18 months behind now in terms of development, because of the cost cap and having to move to where they need to go, I still think questions need to be asked of why they stuck with the philosophy they stuck with, mm. but That is what it is. That's the bed they've got. They have to sleep in it. They're not going to, they're going to, they're going to get themselves maybe a podium, maybe a race win. But again, it has to be shenanigans. We're talking failures for Red Bull, some issues where they end up stuck down the bottom of the grid or the back of the grid. But they have to depend on other teams falling to the wayside for them to get anything more valuable.
0: Is the upgrade package coming at Imola? Is it the Imola that I should have heard
4: Imola been mentioned? Mm. Yeah. which is in two weeks. That's the next race we've got coming. So, uh, you know, I don't think we're going to see anything to do with suddenly having side pods, because the whole zero side pod pod philosophy is kind of hardwired into the car. So there's no way they're going to have to get rid of that.
0: It's not about adjusting one thing to get that back, to because it it changes everything, doesn't it? You know, they're all connected.
4: You can't. You could do it a few years ago. They didn't have if they didn't have this boss car situation. Mercedes would be fighting for the championship because they just flung half of the UK engineers at it. And go right, guys, carry on. You know, yeah. How much budget? I nah, don't worry about that. You know, like uh,
0: nine hundred million. We'll make it yeah, back. Go on. <laughs> you know,
4: they'll deal with it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and uh, uh, it's what it is for Mercedes and. It leads you on to that thing of how or how more how long will Lewis Hamilton stand for mediocrity is what he's dealing with. He can't yeah. deal with the fact he's in the car. He's in George Russell's doing well because he's only ever driven a Williams before he went to Mercedes. It's the best car he's ever had. Yeah. And the worst Mercedes is still a lot better than what he's ever driven. Yeah. Whereas Hamilton's like, I remember when I used to be first. Laugh everybody.
1: it was george's shock today when he seen the williams after logan sergeant and then he was like is that a red book like, no it's
2: just, just the million no you're not that you're not that no, close, so, close. Not quite
0: quite close. That no 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 that was that i think he was shocked oh are oh. we are we really that quick no you're not that quick that's the wrong wrong team during the
3: race had my chat thing open with my people and like uh, we were talking about Mercedes. Cause once Hamilton started complaining and, and not anything over the top is I think Hamilton did say something to the effect of what is going on. And he said, I don't know if we're going to finish the race. And everybody's like, what, why did he say that? Like what's happening with the car? But a lot of people do not agree with me. A handful <laughs> do agree with me. I truly believe that unless things change at Mercedes specifically with Hamilton and his car, that this is going to be his last year because I I just do not see him putting up with this much longer to go from what he was and what he had and what he used to be to where he's at now, not playing second fiddle to George Russell, but he might as well be. And Mm. I just do not see someone that has the resume that Lewis Hamilton has to sit back much longer and say, no, I'll stick with you this. No. Yeah. Let's do another one. No, he, he doesn't need to do it. That's the biggest thing you know what is hamilton's motivation to stick around if they can't make this work for him that that's you know mm. that's the, only, that's the only reason
4: he's in formula one is the eighth title that's what he wants yeah and the longer it takes mercedes to get back to the front the harder that opportunity is. i think the only way he's getting his eight titles of red bull will go hamilton over which Verstappen's got to go. No, no, no. it will oh, be a not. Senna protest. <laughs> Senna's like, "Oh, <laughs> <prostitute. laughs> veto,
2: veto, no." Get. 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 Yeah,
4: you know, it's never going to happen. I'd love to see it, and I think yeah. the whole world would have a completely utter meltdown with Hamilton and Verstappen in the same car. But uh, I think Christian Horner would be in his office, like I've just seen Hamilton and next start <laughs> crying when he realizes what he's actually going to have to deal with. Uh, <laughs> it'd be 2016
3: so, all over again There's, oh, it'd be 2016 great. times 10 like there's there's
4: <laughs> yeah. every race would be multi-21 it'd be amazing <laughs> <laughs> so
1: Red Bull would have no money left they'd just keep crashing race, trying to like challenge yeah. each other it <laughs> wouldn't happen
4: yeah.
0: well, yeah. let's move back into reality back to the Miami Grand Prix because otherwise we'll be here all night and I want to go to bed um, Ooh. oh Ooh. let's talk about the Alpine team who looked a bit more promising this weekend and um, and they both finished, well, they finished in 8th eighth, eighth eighth and, eighth and ninth. Gasly Ocon. And ninth. Gasly eighth. being the, the the first of the Frenchmen out of the two. What what can you say about those then? We'll go to Megan.
1: I'm quite liking the Alpines. They're, they're still doing really well. I think they're still, I've said this for like everyone, but they're still really pushing. Like, obviously we were still in the first, like, first few races of the season. Well, moving out of that category now. But I think it's just like, you see each week like their improvements I guess
2: yeah
1: uh, and you can see like how they're just still pushing the cars I feel like I'm saying this for everyone but
2: like, <laughs> they're
1: just they're progressing like each week and you see how like the drivers are not like fighting each other like which is a good thing people kind of thought oh it's Kathleen knock on going in a team but I feel like even like this weekend like you still see them they're still going for it and I feel like it's going quite well for them and they i feel like they're going to have a decent finish at the end of the season
0: yeah i th- i think they're in, they're improving that car or they're, they're improving themselves really within that car and it's good to see obviously the team joining kind of that that kind of midfield battle but not kind of the top of the midfield battle yeah so yeah it'll be interesting to see as you say probably towards the end of the season how how far up that they can get by the end of the season but again probably shenanigans would have to occur for that to happen.
3: I thought both of them did good today. I thought both Gasly and Ocon they were on the move throughout the whole race. I thought both of them did pretty good.
0: They definitely an improvement on what they have what they started with at the start of the year. And who else has improved as well actually? It was the Haas team. I had the Haas team look pretty impressive <laughs> this this weekend. I was I was Top quite 10. impressed. Obviously yeah, we got Magnussen in in P10. And then Hulkenberg was P15, so not not as great for him. But you know what? They, they had some battles. They were they were in there. They were they were fighting with the Ferraris from from my memory of the race. They were they were doing what they could do. And again, obviously, the motivation maybe of being at home and having the home crowd behind you. Coops, what what can you say about them?
4: Yeah, they were there. They had the. I can't remember which one had the battle. We were clear when Verstappen took the two of them. Magnuson. Uh, Magnuson, yeah. Magnuson, yeah. Yeah. Uh, was it Magnuson that got four in qualifying.
1: Yeah, he was P4 in qualifying.
4: Mm. I don't know what happened to him, because one minute he was up the top and the next minute he was down you near know, near enough out of the points. Like, yeah, he
3: was uh, he was at P two at one point in qualifying.
4: Yeah. And then the race started, he dropped a couple of places. And then the next thing I looked up and I was I looked to the side and he was like 14th. I'm like, what? what? Okay. <laughs> You watch yourself, the McLaren's mate catching. you. Just saying something. No chance of that, mate. No chance <laughs> of that. Uh, uh, so, yeah, you know, they are a, they're a, they're a bit of an enigma. You know, they start off well, but the development never keeps up pace and they end up kind of there or thereabouts and pick up a bit of points here or there. But, you know, they're looking better because, you know, the African males are horrible, the afferent males are horrible, McLaren's horrible. So, you know, uh, they, better so they, the they, looked, they
0: looked better by default. Then is that what you're saying? More than mm. any, more than anything
2: today.
4: See the problem. The problem with the Miami Rock this weekend was that there was a lot of just very nondescript performances. They didn't do anything bad. They didn't do anything amazing. They were just there, mm. which is pretty much what happened. Like you know, they started off at fourth place. Magnuson panicked because he was up too high and he scared the heights. <laughs> they lost a few. <laughs> He's the you know. I ended up somewhere
0: and, uh, but he he had that. Part. But he had a, a pretty a pretty good a decent battle with with Charles Leclerc as as they was, you know, as as Charles Leclerc was trying to get past him. You know, he defended well. He kept it clean. Yeah, I,
2: I, I I think yeah. for
0: for a Haas for the for the performance of that car itself, I I think it I think it was as good as could be expected. Really, he he, he held Leclerc at bay for almost eight laps. Yeah, that's that's a that's I think mean, that's a decent performance for a Haas, really. Yeah,
4: no, it's not that hard. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, you could do it in your Ford Fiesta, couldn't you?
2: But no, I'm talking
4: and just the way that Leclerc just he didn't get stuck for a long time down around the kind of teams. It was weird because Hamilton slowly but surely moved up. Verstappen just disappeared past everybody, but Leclerc just seemed to hover around about 12, 13 for a long time. I don't know if it was a DRS train or a, again it was limitations with the with the speed of the Ferrari, or the top end speed, or whatever it was. But
0: do you think do you think the the F one were right in decreasing the DRS zone their sizes? Do you, do you think that was the right thing to do?
4: Yeah, there was there was enough passing going on and overtaking and things, and it wasn't it wasn't a case of as soon as you hit the DRS, you're passing them.
2: Mm.
4: It got them up to the point where they could, you know... I think Verstappen at one point when he passed the Alpines, they kind of stuck it in. He was kind of a wee bit, kind of. They said in commentary, it was like, I don't think he was 100% committed, but he kind of waited for it. And it, that's what DRS should be doing. It's just giving you that wee bit. Yeah. None of this halfway down the street, you're three car lengths ahead of the person. Mm. So
0: but, uh, obviously, we did have a few DRS trains where, where it just...
4: But that's just the mechanism of DRS. DRS trains happened last year, the year before. Anytime you have DRS, you have trains.
2: Mm. If
4: they've all got it, they're all getting that extra push, they're not going to get very far unless unless you took a wee chance and went down the inside of a corner and breaking it. And that's nothing to do with DRS. Mm. So, you know, there's pros and cons with DRS. And unfortunately, because the teams are very smart and they know how to develop and get their downforce back, there's a very there's a very small window now to slipstream,
2: mm.
4: which is why the cars can't follow as well, and the DRS is more needed now than ever. Because the new regulations were supposed to mean you don't need them, don't need the DRS. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Could and you th-
4: imagine what this season would be like if we didn't have DRS?
2: Fucking fun.
0: I mean, they 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 lessened the DRS in Baku, and then it was kind of like a repeat, and, and everyone kind of slated the the decision to to decrease the. DRS zone and then they came to this weekend saying oh we've decreased the DRS zone lengths as well for this weekend so
4: to play devil's advocate with that those decisions are made months in advance and that's looking at data from the year before that's got that's, nothing to do yeah. with Baku it's just unfortunate that they've decreased it in Baku which led to having a pretty poor race mm. plus I think that it was highlighted more because people were kind of watching themselves with the sprint weekend and you know there was a, a few more factors to that but, yeah. You know, it didn't seem to have as much of an effect. Uh, I would be very surprised if they don't increase back next year. They it looked, mm, maybe, maybe got this quite wrong, so we're going to yeah. put it up maybe not quite as 100 meters, but maybe 75 meters, maybe 50. I don't oh. know. But it, it, every, every track gets looked at in terms of DRS and whether it's too powerful or less powerful or whatever. But these are things that are looked at from last year's data and decided on every track. Basically every track DRS is decided already. We just don't know until we come mm-hmm. up to it. Uh, so like, it might look like it's a silly thing that they're doing, but that's been decided well before the Baku concrete that they were going to reduce Miami Zone.
3: Even though they reduced it, there was one DRS zone in Miami. is still quite sizable for mm. for what it was. And like you see, you saw this long extension and then like y'all, the trains start forming and you're just like uh, okay
2: <laughs> yeah
0: well let's let's move on we don't have to go on to every team because as I say there were quite some some quite anonymous performances down the field we'll go around each of you and you can talk about somebody that you from, from the rest of the field that you that you want to mention what i want to mention early on is that we had three rookies in the bottom 3 sergeant piastri and de Vries. That's not a great Place for mm. for Rockies to be is it at the at the bottom? They're not not showing their their true performance or not showing a good performance. Coops, you've got your hand raised. I do. Very uh, gentlemanly of you.
4: Thank you very much. Uh, in defence of Piastri, he was struggling with an issue with the car, mm. so he struggled with it. It was a software issue, which meant he had a long brake pedal. So basically, it meant that when he pushed the brakes, it didn't quite work the way it should have worked. And then. De Vries is is driving the way that we expect him to drive in the past few races, which is piss poor. So I expected that. I don't really know what happened to Sargent because that, I mean, the volumes is okay. He's not a bad driver. He just, he he tripped, he had to get a, a wing change within a couple of laps. I'm sure it was the lap two or three he was in to get a wing change and he never went anywhere. And mm. they never talked about it during the during the feed or during the, the coverage that you had any kind of issue. So I'm a bit perplexed by Sardis' performance. Uh, but to, to play there was a good for Piastri. There was although the the the, the McLaren car is a bit of a joke. He boys dealing with some gremlins.
0: Yeah, and his teammate was was only two places ahead of him anyway. So. As you say, the McLaren is is a dog. So whether he was Piastri's fault or just the car's fault, JR, you've got your hand up very calmly and waiting for attention as well. So let's let's go to you as in that corner.
3: Sonoda is the guy I wanted to mention. I I mess with with Yuki a lot. I call him Yuki Buki. He's I I think he's I think Yuki's got a lot of potential, and I do think uh, when he's not on the radio. Sometimes incoherently screaming and yelling, or you can't quite understand <laughs> what he's saying, I do think more this year than the past that he started to find his footing with that car and with himself too, cause there, there was, there was a lot of self doubt and a lot of silly mistakes he was making last year. You haven't really seen that a lot this year. I understand there's only been four grand prix, but I, I think is it, I, is it five now or five. Yeah, I'm sorry. I
1: think there's five.
2: Yeah,
3: I think he's grounding himself more, and I also think that whatever it is that he's found or decided to do, it seems to be working. I understand, you know, P11 isn't phenomenal, but mm. it's certainly better than what he has been doing. So that's the person that I chose to raise my hand over today.
0: No, that's fine. And, and as you say, I think, like we were saying earlier, with the, with the kind of the top drivers, consistency is key. He's getting that consistency, and then he can work on where that consistency kind of moves you know towards the front of the of the grid megan who would you like to speak about on the kind of the bottom 10 drivers any anyone that kind of tickles your pickle
1: i'd also agree with gr in the i think he's definitely he's got a lot more confidence in the car and obviously he's a bit more of like the leading one in the team compared mm. to like how it is at the moment uh but yeah no it's going quite well for him i think like compared to brief, obviously but he is also in his rookie season mm. but it's still yuki tends to have like kind of upper hand obviously he's more of like the first driver in like that case but his confidence is also gaining i think he's got getting the experience now of where he is and like he's got a lot more control with the car so yeah. i definitely say he's he's getting there
0: He's getting there. He want, one, to watch yeah. for the future. Certainly, yeah. he could be replacing somebody in a in a, a main seat in a season not so far away in Red Bull. Yep,
1: I definitely keep a wee eye on him.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Coops, who do you want to pick from the rest of the pack rather than going through every single team and driver? Mm. The Alphas, be that Alpha Romeo and Alpha Tauri are left, or you got you've got Williams, who again. Not a great performance. You've got those those to choose from. <laughs> H- have fun with those.
2: <laughs>
4: uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to pick the Sky coverage because I didn't really see many shots of the fake marina, which I was quite surprised at.
0: <laughs> uh, didn't they say they were going to put water in that this year? They didn't they look didn't like just... two, there was two pools.
4: They oh, still yeah, had the okay. fake marina with the boats in. But they put hey. some two pools the, there as the, well. The, the other thing that I really wanted to talk about now, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan, right? Like, uh being from scotland i don't have any real connection to any american football i just went yeah. i like that one so that that's how we pick our american football sports. was that a uh, snippet
0: pet detective that got you to support the miami dolphins oh
4: yeah,
2: yeah. the yeah. latest were out
0: oh sorry but that's, that's, a, that's, a, <laughs> a, that's a whole different conversation <laughs> yeah
4: mm-hmm. moving swiftly on uh
0: so, Iron Horn, no. and <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry. No, I don't have gum. And let's not talk about my personal
2: appearance.
4: Uh, That's your gum digging into
0: my head. Anyway, uh, so Megan's probably never seen this film, and she's like, "What are uh, these? No. What are these three <laughs> old three old blokes talking about?"
4: I cannot about? say I have. You've never seen
0: Ace Ventura: Pet Detective.
4: So yeah, ask her when she was born, and you'll know why. <laughs> oh, uh,
1: when, when?
3: When were you? What year were you born?
1: Two thousand six.
4: There you go. It's about twelve years. after yeah. it came
3: out. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. <laughs> oh
2: my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So
4: the first one is better than the second one. Oh anyway, yeah. So speaking of the Miami Dolphins, let's get back on track. What right. I found amazing was. They managed to print out three three American football shirts with the names and the number they finished on. By the time they got out, the car had got into the actual like into the the thing, I thought it was great, and I'm like,
0: I what one of them. It no, no. It's because it takes so bloody long to get from the end of the race to where the podium is. They've got they could they could have they could have hand knitted those jerseys <laughs> and still had plenty of time for a scarf afterwards. They
4: didn't the like the little cars takes, they were driving in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, was it not? Was it not the year before where it was Big Shaq that turned up in the big low rider yeah. thing? And yeah. He yeah. was taller than Max Verstappen, and Max Verstappen was standing in a puddle. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it just shows you when when you ask me to talk about another driver, and I want to talk about an American football top, uh, <laughs> the, the, there just wasn't much happening. Everyone no. done what they needed to do. Interestingly, we're going back to Alpine quickly. Lauren Rossi came out and talked about how poor the the team have been at the start of the season and he used the words sometimes unprofessional and almost amateurish Mm. uh, and not worth the value Mm. of the investment now as we all know if we've watched Formula 1 for a while the Renault team aren't adverse to pulling out when they just decide that this is not fun anymore aka (laughs) Honda Uh, (laughs) So it's, it's kind of worrying when you've got the boss man going. I'm not enjoying how much I'm spending on this. Yeah. Uh, so it's a bit of a worry. Uh,
0: I don't. I I I think they think always they, they always threaten it. The Renault have threatened it for many many years, but they've never actually gone through with it, have they? They've always they've always found somewhere else to kind of to come in no, and. No, they it. have
4: left as a team. Uh, and done that weird thing where they sold it to Lotus, Lotus they sold it to yeah. someone else, who sold, then they came back and then they, they came back it, from and the same. They cheated and then that oh, was weird.
3: Yeah, remember that. But
4: they have done that. Like I'm taking my ball and I'm leaving. Mm. But it's not something that probably will happen in this cost cap age because the value of a team like Gene Haas probably should have sold his team a couple of years ago. Mm. But it actually is more valuable for him to keep his Haas team as just a sponsorship. Because it's not, you don't need that much money to be in Formula One compared mm-hmm. to what it used to be. You have four hundred million a year and stuff like that. Well, there's no that. way he's not.
3: There's no way he's going to sell it now. Not as big no. as as Formula One is exploding over here in the United States. No. He's not. He's not going to do that now. No.
4: no. <laughs> so, and I don't think rent it well now because it is. It's a lot easier to make a Formula One team profitable yeah. than it used to be. Even if you're not winning races in their five-year plan, which conveniently just reset and started at start of the because mm. uh, they should be one like multi-world champions by now. The French, uh, the Renault, when they first came back in, and went, "We've got a five-year plan," and they didn't hit any of the any of their uh, targets. Now they've reset it. Now I don't know, five hundred races. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's our fourteen croissant plan. <laughs> uh, I don't know. So
0: okay well let's talk about the obviously we, we didn't really mention the other teams because they, they they were pretty anonymous as we mentioned anyway Bottas uh, again got kind of in the way a few times held up was the was the, <laughs> was the front with the front of the DRS train himself yeah. uh, no, no, I can't I can't really think of anything else from from the rest of the teams to be honest Joe Hulkenberg Albon yeah, they're pretty just just nondescript kind of performances go on then Coops.
4: Uh, uh, Sergio Perez has been given a reprimand.
0: Oh, what was his reprimand for?
4: Oh, oh he, he turned up late for the previous driving parade.
2: So he got <laughs> on the rest. Naughty boy. Uh, Me-
4: Me- Megan was getting a bit excited here. Yeah. She was like,
2: "What? What's going on?"
4: So yeah, no, he he apparently he was late because he was late because of other Red Bull commercial commitments. Uh, before he went to the parade and was late, so the uh, the FIA went, "Don't do that again. You're going home for the and You've got to stand there and drink a can of Monster, uh, <laughs> and we'll film that. So the next time you do something wrong, we'll post it." Uh, so, so it's
2: also that. being
1: just, the FIA who are like, "You can't wear jewellery in a car. Like you can't have bracelets and rings and everything on." So just like, mm, why?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: It's uh, you're not allowed to a offence anymore. Also, speaking of which, about climbing trenches, they they have actually changed the post race procedure. Remember when Ocon decided he was going to try and hit those photographers at the end of the battery race? Uh, They brought that on themselves. That'd have been great. (laughs) (laughs) Scatterbrain!
2: Anyway,
4: uh, so now the teams aren't allowed to come out into the pit lane with their fans ready for their cars. Nobody's allowed in the pit lane at all until the final driver has taken the chequered flag and mm. that's lapped cars not the final like so it has like they're not all no it's it, it's
0: it's not including the lap cars the lap cars don't finish do they anyone anyone's on the lead race the lead lap so if you're on the lead lap and you're the last person across the line on the lead lap
4: well according to the commentary it was the last person to cross the finish line so they actually did mention well if that's served him, and he's last and he's been lapped and he's like he's like it like a minute and- 30-odd seconds after hmm. the first person's crossed it before they're allowed to do anything. They're like allowed to come out and wait. And They're not allowed to preempt it. They're not allowed to go out in anticipation. And then all this part Fermi stuff isn't allowed to be done until then, or even started until then.
2: Fair so nice. they'll
4: be very quick to go, no, nah, we're not doing that. Well, it's, it's
0: fair enough. After, after the last yeah, week, yeah. You know, we, we, we don't want to see any... any dangerous incidents like that and people on track and very close to very fast-moving. That was insane. That was insane. Uh,
4: It was the last guy that turned out the last second. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, But what
4: I forgot was, apparently, I didn't realise this until we were talking about the one at Baku. It happened at Australia as well, the week before, or the the race before, I should say. Mm. Uh, There was photographers out that had to be pushed to the side. Because of all the shenanigans at the end of that race. And again, it was all because they were trying to get a head start on getting Park Fermi sorted. those photographers were allowed to be there. They were told to go there. But so okay. now it's not gonna
0: happen. So what do we think of the Miami Grand Prix as a whole? I, I thought the event personally it 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 was a great event in terms of obviously they, they do it they throw a lot into it. It's fun and there's lots of celebrities, it's a bit of a kind of You know, it's a bit of a kind of a show, but in terms of the actual race itself, was probably lackluster. There were some overtakes, and so we had a comment on the the live feed that I want to read, because I I kind of agree with you. The the, the comment, obviously, at the start of the podcast, I said a bit of a boring race. He's put, boring, so many overtakes in the midfield because of the two different strategies all through the race. Well, I kind of agree with that. They're not really overtakes. If it's if it's down to tyre strategy, is it? You know, it's it's kind of just <sighs> it's tyre strategy more than more than overtakes. But you know, it, I, I agree there were overtakes in the midfield, but don't necessarily think it was it made it a very very interesting race. So we're gonna go around. We're gonna give it out of ten stars. We're gonna get you know whatever you think it is. Ten being greatest, one being not good at all. We'll go to Coops. You started this by saying it was about a five or a six. Are you, are you kind of sticking with the five or six? I'm good to go with five dolphins. Five. Okay. Five dolphins <laughs> for for coops. Megan.
1: Probably go for the five as well, like good media, fancy weekends and all that, but race wise it's not really at the top of my list, I have to say.
0: Mm. And JR. I'm gonna
3: have to give it three and a quarter. I'm sorry, just (laughs) said that, that, you know, uniquely American boisterous over the top performance and my lackluster, performance from my guys, you know, all the celebrities that are there and all that stuff, you know, for them, it's, it's great for them to get FaceTime and camera time. But I mean, that doesn't mean anything to me. So, and when they, they do their grid walks and poor Martin Brundle bless his heart, you know, nobody wants to talk to him, or then people do want to talk to him, And then the security comes over and shoes him away. (laughs) so it's you know it was it, it it was a it was a decent show i'm i'm always happy when there is a grand prix on and mm. you'll never hear me say otherwise but yeah for I'm, I'm sorry it was just it just was what it was Coop said it best no flags no no nothing no you know tires yeah that was it you know the hard tires were the tires to have apparently today except for a few teams and outside of that, there was a lot of DRS trains, and then the Red Bulls crushed it and won. So great race over all sort of. Yeah. You
2: know, um, <laughs> nah.
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna stick it down the middle. If you if you're a bit of a celebrity, I'm not I'm personally not into that sort of thing, but if you're a bit of a celebrity hunter and like that sort of thing, oh look, there's Will I Am, there's you know yeah. LL Cool J. You know, he was from the '90s, man. What's he doing at a Formula One race in the 2023? What's it? It must be releasing a new album or something. I don't know, but certainly, <laughs> certainly hasn't been around for a very long time. No one knew who he was. Everyone's like, "Who is this LL Cool I'm like, "I know him. I, he was, he was." He was really big when I was a kid.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I
0: was just a kid a long time ago.
4: Yeah. He, he was probably literally told 10 minutes before, do you see how hard he was staring at those cue cards? I mean, I've never seen i have never seen a man stare at a cue. I've never seen a man stare at a bit of paper as much and there's not a naked woman on it. So... <laughs> yeah, yeah he, it, was, it, he was
3: it, relevant in 1998.
4: I mean, that was it. Yeah. Even, even when he hugged Lewis Hamilton, Lewis is like, but he, oh, right, okay, no brother. Cool, pal.
0: No, Lewis Hamilton will, will remember LL Cool J. Me and, me and Lewis Hamilton are the same age, so he, he'll remember LL Cool J. LL cool, uh,
4: Lewis Hamilton's not 40.
0: I'm not 40 yet either, you cheeky kid.
4: <laughs> you just look at it, it just had a really hard paper. I out. am. <laughs> uh, I'm 41, so I'm again the oldest of the lawyers.
3: yeah I'm 41
4: (laughs) oh hey all right let's let's
0: stop measuring let's get back to business so I think I I think I got everyone scored didn't I I I said around five yeah I think that's everyone everyone scored the Grand Prix anyway is there anything anyone else wants to say about the race oh there's a a yellow hand again in the corner of Coop's screen. That must that must mean that you've got something to say, Coops.
4: I did I did quite like the idea of putting the paddock in the middle of the stadium. I thought that was really cool mm. how they done it. They put the grass around it, and apparently any time a driver walked in, there was fans that could go in. They were just like, yeah, the yeah
0: they were around the top, weren't they? Yeah, yeah just they screaming watching. down from so that, the
4: That was quite funky how they done it. And you know, if 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 you want to go to a country to put on a show, you go to America because mm. they know how to do it big. And yes, you're sitting there going, "I just want to watch the football." And you've got the planes flying over, and you've got the every sporting event, the national anthem goes, and they have 15 singers singing something. It's <laughs> it's big and it's over the top, you know. So, I, do I expect anything less from America? From from an American Grand Prix? No, of course not. If I go to an American Grand Prix and it's a bit understated, I'm worried. <laughs> so.
2: Let's talk about what.
0: Let's talk about what JR was mentioned. Then, obviously, the the intros, the the driver intros. Is that something that we'd like to see each race weekend? Would we like to see no a ring announcer (laughs) come down and say uh,
3: no? Absolutely not. No. Side side note. You're talking about Miami being boisterous. Wait till we go to Las Vegas. That's gonna
4: be crazy. That's gonna be mental. And then there's a race out there
0: somewhere. Yeah.
1: america's got three shots at making a big three big grumpies every year is going to be chaos mm. like yeah. they're just going to take it honestly and,
0: and each it's... circuit's probably going to try and one up the other circuit as well yeah. they're going to say oh, oh well, yeah miami did this so i i need to do this even bigger uh, oh yeah and then they'll go and the next one i'll go you know what i'm going to have to do it even bigger again you're like because they, they're just going to compete to to be mad
3: Texas but, will have – they'll have their Longhorn football team out there. Texas will have their NFL football team out there. Texas will have their National Guard and Army <laughs> people out there. There will be jets flying over, fireworks, you know, all types of stuff. And then Vegas will be like the coup de gras; Like, Vegas is going to go absolutely bonkers. Hmm. Yeah. That's
1: That'll- going to be mad. Honestly, if they have yachts and fake water pools and everything in the middle of Miami <laughs> – and God only knows what Vegas is going
0: to give up. <laughs> <laughs> we look forward to it anyway. I'm sure it'll be great to watch on the screen. Well, you didn't you didn't answer your own question, Tills. Do you want to see a driver introductions at the beginning of every Grand Prix? I think it's safe to say no is the answer oh. to that. Yeah, oh, I, I, I okay. was I was kind of you know <laughs> <being> <laughs> I was, playing, devil, <laughs> playing devil's advocate. I, I, I think it's over the top and not needed. We don't need that. Yeah. We know we know who they are. The fans know who they are. The drivers. It, 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 I think it's over the top for boxing to be honest with you, but they still do it, you know, and I, and I kind of get it. Saying that
1: though, a lot of the celebrities that went to the Miami Grand Prix probably didn't have a clue who the half the drivers were coming out, so might have yeah. made a bit of sense for them,
2: but besides <laughs> that, yeah, it's probably, probably good it for the, the, the TikTokers
0: there, yeah, yeah, yeah
2: they might Included,
4: be, including yeah. the person that was in, in, introducing them that probably didn't know who I was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is is hear you? Lewis, Lewis Hamilton oh Lewis Hamilton oh, Lewis Hamilton. God. yeah, yeah. Like yeah.
3: Michelle Rodriguez Vin Diesel y'all step over here for a minute we want you to introduce you to
0: Yuki Sonoda. who, who what <laughs> how do I say that name but yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah go on capes
4: uh, did you see the Jackie Stewart trying to get huckled off the grid by the security? And <laughs> yeah. he let them no, that's not happening. Uh, <laughs> the security tried to take Jackie Stewart off the grid, and he was just being typical Scottish, and was like, that's not
2: happening.
4: Most <laughs> Do you know who way. I am? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you really need to say that. I mean, he's got his tartan trousers and everything. Like, if you don't know who Jackie Stewart is, you shouldn't be security at a Formula One event. Yeah.
3: That was hilarious, though. That was pretty damn funny when, when Brundle was like, no, 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 Jackie. No, no, you don't got to do that.
4: <laughs> Jackie's like, Roger, come here, come here. Uh, he's shooting Roger, and it wasn't even Roger Federer. Uh, no. I thing. know. It was another actor. It was uh, somebody, Richard Madison, I think it was, a Scottish actor, I can't remember his name, but he was yeah. shooting Roger Federer over, and it wasn't Roger Federer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was funny. Anyway.
0: That was great. I hope you've enjoyed our review of the Miami Grand Prix. If you are listening to this podcast on your favorite podcast streaming service, why don't you hit the subscribe button while you're there and you get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. We'll be recording our next podcast on Tuesday evening. So not very far away at all to wait. Hopefully some news drops to make it interesting. We are the Everything F1 team. You can find us on all our social platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. You can also find us on our website, www.everythingf1.com. And of course, if you want to visit our sponsor, you can visit the sponsor, theraceworks.com, and you can buy any merch that you might like from any team across the grid. And you can get 10% off the whole site using the code EF1 at checkout. All that's left for me to say, thank you very much to my team, JR, Coops, and Megan. Thank you for coming to join me today. Thank you. Or this evening. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I've been James Tiller. This has been the Year one Podcast. We'll see you later on in the week. Bye-bye.